from John chapter 1. John 1, verses 9 through 13, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Let me stop for one second, just clarify something. A little bit earlier in the chapter, uh, that uh, the author has made clear that he's using light as a metaphor for Jesus. So here we're talking about Jesus coming into the world. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of men, but born of God. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, we do pray that you would bless us once again with an understanding of your word here as we gear up to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in whose name we pray, amen. Now, I'm convinced that the world is split basically into two different kinds of people. There are those who like colored Christmas lights and those who like white Christmas lights. And in my household, we are divided. We have those who hold one opinion and those who are wrong. And so we have those separations across the board, so many of us do. Now, we mentioned light. If you've been paying attention here today or throughout the uh, service, the rest of the service, and what we have going here, light is going to be something we constantly reiterate. We're going to cycle back onto light over and over again. And there's a reason for that. This is a metaphor, clearly, when the Scripture refers to Jesus Christ as the light of the world. It's a, it's a word picture, an image for us, in order that we can grab a hold of and, or, and understand what we're talking about. And there's great benefit to this word picture, like any metaphor, it captures something that is hard to put into words. It's hard to, to articulate exactly what it means that Jesus Christ was born in this world. Now, if you're a follower of the Lord, if you've been following him for some time, my guess is that you've put your head around that. You've, you've tried to figure out what it means that Christ has come into this world and the beauty and the majesty that that involves. But I f uh, uh, fear that so many times we underplay the beauty of that image that is so appropriate for us to celebrate. I mean, come on, we're all gearing up for Christmas tomorrow, whatever that looks like for your family and for your friends, and, and all the joy that is present there. And this celebration should be oriented around something. And of course, we know Jesus is the reason for the season and all that kind of stuff. So we're identifying it, and we're excited about what this means that Christ has been born. And therefore, we're excited about what it means for us to celebrate and worship the Lord. But what exactly does that mean? And this metaphor, I think, helps a little bit, helps us uh, grab a hold of that particular image of Christ coming to earth being portrayed kind of like light in the darkness. Now that's key, that's always the contrast that's being put forward. It's not just that Christ is light, it's Christ is light in the darkness. When Kel and I were living up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, there was a neighborhood that we eventually found, and they were a neighborhood that, you know, it's kind of like a Hallmark movie kind of a thing. Every house was decked out, and they were all beautiful in all these lights. And we would drive through, we and hundreds of other people would drive through this neighborhood just watching and, and being amazed. Now, we were poor college students at the time, so we really didn't have any ability to replicate this in our own lives. So we just enjoyed, we were in awe of what people could do with lights all through their houses. I mean, it was, it, it just was beautiful, it was great. But we drove through during the day once, 
terrible. I mean, it, it, it just looked like a house. There wasn't anything to it because the imagery of light and the power of light is built around the contrast that it has with darkness. It is not just that the light is coming into this world, it's that the darkness is present here and therefore the light has come. I fear that for a lot of us, and, and nothing screams this to us like Christmas, uh, as a celebration of Christmas, because it can be so materialistic, because it can be so family-oriented, because it can be so whatever, that we lose sight of what it really is about, one of the challenges that I think we have to come to grips with is the fact that all too often we think of our faith, and, and I'm not talking here about non-Christians or those outside the church, I'm talking about all of us who for whatever reason have gathered together to worship the Lord this evening, that Christians tend to think of their faith as part of their life that their Christian faith is something that helps improve, that life would not be nearly as good if we didn't worship the Lord uh, or if we didn't have that background or that idea in our mind or something like that. And so there's life, and life would be so much poorer, so much worse if it weren't for Jesus and for our faith and our connection to the church, et cetera, et cetera, which then makes life so much better. But that's not the way the Scriptures portray it. The Bible doesn't portray it that Jesus came to this world to make our lives better, which is great. But the scriptures say that Jesus came into this world not to, not to just take us from, uh, you know, uh, eight on the scale of joy to ten on the scale of joy. He came into this world that is what? Filled with darkness. Now, you can pick this up so well in our passage. So, again, if you have the text in front of you, you can see right off the bat in verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, which gives light to everyone, was coming into this world. Now, you run the risk of missing the author's point here if we don't go back to verse 5. Verse 5, a little bit earlier, John writes this, The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not overcome it. Now, the point of this is that all too often we don't appreciate that when the Bible puts forward Jesus as a metaphor of the light, what is it that Christ has come into this world? What is the Christmas celebration all about? It is about light coming into the darkness. All too often so many of us have such limited experience with true darkness. If you haven't been in a cave recently or if you haven't been, I don't know, in a tunnel, a long tunnel or something like that, most of us are never really in the darkness. There's always some kind of ambient light out there where, yeah, it's dark, but it's not the blackness of darkness, of nothingness, which is out there. And what this text says is that Jesus, the celebration of what we're doing, the, the excitement that all of us are supposed to feel when we gather together to worship the Lord on a Christmas Eve, that all of that is built around this idea that Christ, the light, has come into a place that is full of darkness, but that the darkness has not overcome it. The darkness will not win. It cannot win. And if you've ever been in a cave, a cave is just a great m picture of this because it gets so dark in a cave. You light one candle and the whole cave is illuminated. Sure, there's shadows and stuff like that, but it is illuminated and there's brightness, there's light everywhere. That one candle beats out all the darkness no matter how much that darkness is present. And here we have this very picture of Christ coming into this world 
not just to make things better for you, not to make things better for us, but the reason why we're so celebratory is because Christ comes into this world that would be lost in darkness without him. Now, most of us don't believe that, but that's exactly what the scriptures portray, a darkness that is overcoming everything, and into that comes the light. So there's a, Christ's birth is, is not just taking my life and making it better, taking your life and, and improving upon it. When, when we celebrate Christ's life, we're celebrating a completely change, a, a complete a transformation. It's a world-altering, a universe-altering kind of a thing that takes place when Christ comes. Previously, there was darkness. There was death. And now suddenly you have light and life, two completely antithetical things. And that's why we, that's why we gather to celebrate. Now, not only that, when I became a Christian, I knew so much of my life had changed. My life was, my life was radically different, but my family couldn't tell. My friends couldn't tell. Oh, they could tell because I told them and, and they saw some changes in me. But by and large, they kind of, they didn't recognize the tra- everything was different for me. And I couldn't explain it. I couldn't, I could barely even articulate it. But that's what Christ's birth, Christ's death and his resurrection did for me. It was so completely life-altering. Many years later, I came upon a, a, a quotation by C.S. Lewis that I just think is amazing. It, it speaks exactly to this, uh, to this idea. So the quote from Lewis runs along these lines. Lewis says this, I believe in Christianity as I believe the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because I see it, but, but, but because by it, I see everything else. What I want you to do is shift a little bit and put in their mindset here, not Christianity, but the birth of Christ, the, what we're celebrating here. I believe in the birth of Christ as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, not only because I know it is true, but because by it, I see everything else. And that was a transformation that took place in my life. That's a transformation that took place in your life if you're a follower of the Lord, that's the transformation that came about because of Jesus Christ. Not only do we see the birth of Christ and celebrate the birth of Christ, but we celebrate the birth of Christ because everything else we now look at in this world is seen through the lens of the birth of Jesus Christ. That changes, shapes, and molds everything. That's why we celebrate Christ's birth not because he added something to a good life or an okay life and made it better, but because we were trapped in darkness. If we knew it or not, this world was trapped in darkness. And now light comes and it's antithetical. It's completely the opposite. That's what we're celebrating. That's what I pray tomorrow at some point you will remind yourself of. We are celebrating the world-altering experience of the birth of Jesus Christ. Not only that, but verse 9 also touches on the fact that this, it says, the true light, which gives light to everybody. The true light was coming into this world. Well, that immediately brings to mind the fact that there are false lights 
out there. And how often can we see this? And we know this is true. There are people that say, look, this is how you should see the world. This is through the lens of your family. Family is most important. Through the lens of romantic love, that is most important. Success, fame, satisfaction in your job, all these incredibly important things taken by themselves are nothing but false lights. In the end, they will lead you to nothing but darkness. Because the world is dark, and yet the coming of Jesus Christ brings that light that brings the life to all mankind. This is why we celebrate. We celebrate like this. We're supposed to have this great big celebration, not just because the light has come, not just because this world-altering thing has happened, but because without that world-altering thing, everybody else grabs a hold of something and claims, look, this is my light. This is what is giving direction. This is what's giving insight and wisdom into my life. And according to the scriptures, all of those things, while they might have value in their place, but in they are, when they are held up as the light of your life, they are nothing but false guides. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into this world. That's why we celebrate. In some time, I pray you tomorrow, at some point you were reminded that what we're celebrating is truth, is the true light that has come into this world. The passage continues on then, verses 10 and 11. 10 and 11, Paul writes about this, about Jesus. Jesus was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. Jesus came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Now, you see the irony that is here. The irony is, of course, that Jesus, as the God, is the one who created the world. He's the one that made all, everything that is here. It is all his. He claims it all, and yet the whole world turned against him. The whole world did not recognize him. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do it in this service. We probably won't, but in the earlier service during the uh, uh, the family service that we had here at four o'clock, which was wonderful, by the way. Um, the, uh, many of you know that the system here, the lighting system, has the opportunity to fly, throw the lights all over the place. Um, so I'm standing out there knowing that I'm going to have part, this is part of my sermon in a couple hours. Um, sure enough, then the lights start flashing and, they're, and everything is, you know, it's disco or whatever they were trying for. And, uh, and the light came right across, hit me square in the face. And when it did, it was what all of us do when we get blinded by light. You know, I, I shirk away from it. I, I blinked and turned away from it. Imagine waking up in the middle of the night, good night's sleep, and somebody pulls open the blind and the sunlight streams in. What do we all do? We all sh shirk away from it and kind of, wait, what, what is that? Get that away from me. That's what this text is saying the whole world did when Jesus came. When Christ, and of course, we're not picking on the people that lived 2,000 years ago because the point is that that's what we all do. But don't get distracted from this. It'd be easy for us to sit here and slide into a talk about how sinful we are and the fact that our creator came and the one who redeemed us and the one who loved us and we pushed him aside and we didn't acknowledge him. And man, if you can't tell that story in your own life, have a friend tell it to you because it's your life, it's my life, it is our life. But don't miss the grace of this passage because the focus is not here on how undeserving we are. The focus is on the fact that Jesus came 
anyway. He came to his own, even though his own didn't know him. He came to the world he had made, even though the world rejected him. That's the beauty of us. That what we're celebrating is not the fact that Jesus finally got around to coming here, but the fact that in the midst of us not deserving him at all, he comes and he blesses us in that way. What a beautiful picture of exactly what we are to celebrate. And I pray that sometime tomorrow, when something goes wrong in your family time tomorrow, which I bet it will, remind yourself that this is the graciousness of Christmas. This is why we're celebrating. Not because we deserve all of this, but specifically because we don't and yet he came anyway. That's a great reason for us to celebrate. Finally, verses uh, 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. Hear this light that comes into the darkness, chasing away that darkness. Here is this light, the beautiful thing that we have been waiting for that we don't deserve, and now what comes about because of the lightness? We get to be born of God. In other words, we get that light that comes into this world, draws us into a relationship with the Father. About uh, 50 miles north of here or so, somewhere near Emlington, uh, there's a long path, a long bike path that takes you through a tunnel. And the tunnel is about uh, uh, half a mile or so. It's a little bit longer than half a mile. And it has a slight bend to it. So you can't see the end. And it's not lit. It's completely darkness. So you're driving through. Has anybody biked through that tunnel? Anybody done that? Okay. See, I got, I got some folks here that recognize it. Okay, so you, you're walking, you're, you're, you're biking. We were biking our way into the tunnel, and you get to a certain spot. If you don't have an artificial light, if you don't have a flashlight or something, it is completely dark. It is that darkness that I was talking about earlier in the sermon. It is completely dark, and, yet, and because the tunnel turns, you can't see the light at the other end, and you get kind of shaky. You look back, and you can't see the, the, the light back there either, and so you're just either you're using a light or you're just biking into the walls, basically, and sure enough, but when you make that slight bend and you look down about a quarter of a mile to the end of the tunnel, the, it's just a wee little speck of light, but that's all you need. You don't need a flashlight anymore. All you do is need that little speck of light that is down there a quarter of a mile off and you can bike straight to it. The light of Jesus came into this world and we celebrate that in part because through that light we are drawn to the Lord. We are drawn to God and we now are able to, to identify ourselves as those who are born of God. Why? Because the light has come into this world, and because the light has come into this world, down there we get to orient and drive ourselves towards the light of Jesus Christ. I pray sometime tomorrow you get a chance to remind yourself that in the midst of the celebration, in the midst of everything, all, whatever family fun that you are having, I trust that you will have some. No matter what happens in your family time, I trust, I pray that at some point in there, you remind yourself, look, the great blessing of this is that the darkness has been chased away, that the true light has come, and it is a completely gracious gift 
that God has given to us. And because of that light, we are able to enter into this intimate connection. We are drawn to Jesus himself. We are born of God the Father. This is the reason why we celebrate. This is why I so desperately want you to celebrate tomorrow like mad fiends. Enjoy every bit of it. Why? Because Christ has come into this world. The true light has come to chase away the darkness, and it happens right here, right here, and across the entire world. Let's pray together. Lord in heaven, how grateful we are that you have come into this world, that the light has been shown and has chased away the darkness and now reveals to us the love and the care that you have for each one of us. Lord, we pray for your grace and your bounty and your blessings upon us in all things that we do. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless here the reading and the hearing of your word as we have attended ourselves to it according to your son Jesus who taught us to pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.